Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus and we are going to discuss tonight the Newcastle result, Arsenal the ladies' huge victory, the upcoming games in the Europa League against Volskar and the Premier League game against Everton, the Guna debate and much, much more. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast for Arsenal fans by Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Lads, uh, we're back again. Uh, this time, um, we're going to chat a little bit about the Newcastle game. As I said, uh, we're going to lead up into the Europa League, which is coming uh, later tomorrow. Uh, the Premier League game on on Sunday against Everton, and a bit of a Gooner debate. So, everybody doing okay? Steve, yeah. you're back again. Yeah, back again. Back again. Back again. <laughs> yeah. What, was, uh, what what sort of accent was that? I I don't have a clue, but. Bit of troops from you know favorite AFTV, <laughs> but you get um, me blood. <laughs> yeah, fam. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. Good to good to be back. Second second week on a trot. So yeah, nice, nice. You'll, and I had a decent. You'll be week, asking so. for a wage next. <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. We better not mention that too much because guess who's back? Oi, Scunny. He's back again. <laughs> <laughs> So we're back. Listen, I don't know if you guys have been reading the papers, but have you seen that thing about um, the Gooners who took pity on uh, Kante? Um, uh, he went to a mosque in, uh, I think, around King's Cross. Um, he was getting the Eurostar to Paris, and uh, he missed his train, so he decided to go to a mosque and pray. And he was chatting to two or three guys um, outside the mosque, and I said, "Look, listen, if you've missed your train, why don't you um, why don't you come back to our house and?" You know, have have a bit to eat, and uh, he, he went. He went. Well, I'm I'm only going to go home, so yeah, why not? So he went back and he had some he had some chicken curry. And he played some FIFA and matched the day. How down to earth is that? That's pretty brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I read Sounds that good. this morning. It's good. Yeah, and uh, you contrast that with like the footage that's gone round at the moment about the Man United uh, team on the platform after the Watford game trying to go up north on the train I don't know what you made of that whether you thought the guy was a bit a bit out of order or um, whether you thought he was uh, you know well within his rights he probably was well within his rights but probably not necessary to do what he did what did you, what, what did you make of that? I, di- I didn't see the, the train thing uh, basically, a guy is walking on the on the platform at Watford Junction. Watford Junction, yeah. Um, and the Man United team are brought along and taken to the end of the uh, the front of the train platform, and you see Marouane Fellaini and a few other the, the, the Lingard and a few of the other players. And this guy's got his phone out. And he starts recording them, and he starts going, "Oh, what? You get the train? You get the train? Um, are, are you are, are you that skint that you got to get the train?" Well, I don't know if anybody's ever seen a train ticket recently. They're <laughs> they're they're more expensive than a fucking pl- a plane ticket. Yeah, but, a lot of the time. But then somebody from Virgin asked him to go away, and he said, "No, I've got a, it's a, it's a public place. I can do what I want." Then some of the Man United security stepped in, had, can have a word, mate, all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then British Transport Police uh, uh, inter- intervened, and just 
shepherded the guy away. He, you know, he he lost his cool a little bit. He wasn't doing anything wrong, but I think common courtesy would have been he 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 moved away. But it's just uh, sorry. I'm going to say if he's being an ass, then you deserve it. If you if you just go to the if you just if you wanted to be like that, even if you're not a Man U fan or anything like, that, if you wanted to just go to him and say, "Oh, look, lads, uh, nice to see you," like rah rah rah, or you know, and do do what you want, say what you want. Any chance I can get a pictures with you, I'm sure they would have done. But if you're going to act like an ass or and video him and go, eh, "Check this out, look at you," like eh, you're going to get treated like one out you. And it's all over social media. It's been carried by Talksport. It's been carried by, I think, all the main. TV and sport, any sports network has had it. But yeah, anything to get something there in it, really. It's just, it's, it's something out and off in, really. But like I say, if you're going to act an ass in front of people, be prepared to get trekked like one. And that's why I think I like the little Kante story. I think it was in The Guardian or something like that. Well, exactly. If, if you talk to the people properly, I'm sure they'll be nice enough to you anyway. Um, they're yeah. in the public mm. eye. It's in their best interest to at least have some sort of niceties around it. Okay, they're, they're earning a fortune. They're, they're, they're wealthy guys. Oh, exactly. They're earning money doing something they like. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and, and the fact that the fact that he went back to somebody's um, uh, apartment, who ended up being a, a, a gooner uh, in North London, and he played FIFA, and even after they played FIFA, hung around and watched matches of the day. Apparently, he beat him as well, didn't he? At FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> who would you play FIFA with then? If you would pick a player, I'll ask you to to pick a player of who you'd like to play FIFA with. Jacka. <laughs> Why? Just so I could beat him. Because <laughs> I know he'd terrible passing on that. <laughs> Steve. Uh... <laughs> I, I don't. I think it'd be fun to play play a game of FIFA with Alex Awobi. To be honest, he seems to be into his FIFA and seems to laugh. You'd see his Instagram stories and Snapchat and stuff. I think that would be a good laugh. Well, I'm going to show my age. I'm. I don't really play any of the games FIFA, but uh, but if I was to play uh, a computer game with, um, with with a footballer, I think Ian Wright would be hilarious to play. I with. was just about to say that myself. I was going to say if I, if I'm being serious, I would love to play FIFA with Ian Wright. It'd be such a laugh. If him or Paul Gascoigne. Uh, uh, nah, Gas. I'd go <laughs> if you're going down that route. I'd go. I'd go Merce. <laughs> I don't even think he'd know how to play it. Well, it doesn't matter now, otherwise. So I got. Can you imagine his commentary? He'd <laughs> <laughs> get all the players wrong. And it, it, I, I'd also like to play Ireland versus France with Thierry Henry, and I would come for the winning goal and I'd handle the ball, and uh, Ireland would go through to the World Cup. That'd be perfect, wouldn't it? Only in FIFA. Only in FIFA. So, after FIFA, uh, we've got real football. Yes. And we played away again uh, in Manchester. Uh, sorry, not Manchester, in, in Newcastle. I'm just about to say, can I just interrupt? Do you know anywhere, anywhere north of Watford by any chance? <laughs> I'm editing this bit out. so You, you can, can do, yeah. <laughs> no, no, keep it in now. No, 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 no. no. I, I, it's, it, I, I, we fucked it up now completely. So, I just, uh, so six to seven. We? 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 Where's yeah. we in oh, this? My phone went, fuck's sake. <laughs> There's no we, it's you. <laughs> that, could be the, that could be the title. My phone went, fuck's sake. So then we move on to uh, real football. We move on to our Newcastle versus Arsenal game. Some match facts about that. Newcastle have only uh, beaten Arsenal twice in the last 23 meetings in all competitions. They've drawn five uh, and lost 16. However, the Magpies won uh, at our last meeting. They won 2-1. 
uh, at home in April. Um, could they win back-to-back games against the Arsenal for the first time since 1996? Nope. <sighs> we know that now, but <laughs> that was in beforehand. Um, Arsenal could could uh, win consecutive Premier Leagues away for the first time uh, since May 2017. And the Gunners have had eight league goals this season, which have been scored by eight different players, including West Ham's Diop. Uh, Ozil has never played at St. James's Park. What did you make of the first half and the lineups? Uh, any shocks in the lineups, Steve? Uh, I honestly thought Torreira would have started. I, I didn't expect Czech to be dropped. I didn't expect Lichsteiner to come in. But I, I did think that Torreira would have started. Um, yeah, I thought the first half... Typical Arsenal first half. Just not much going on. Well, match of the day didn't even feature more than about 10 seconds of the first half mm. in their edit. Um, like you, I was surprised that Taria didn't start. I think the only thing that made me think, OK, he's not starting, but at least he's on the bench, was that ice pack that was on his uh, on his calf. Knee, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was at, Neil Calf. Uh, um, for Uruguay. Mike, what did you make of um, the lineups and so on? Uh, I wasn't shocked, and I I had a feeling it was going to be the same lineup again. Uh, I was, and like yourselves, I was hoping Torreira would have started, but seeing, like you say, the ice pack, uh, there it is again. Uh, <laughs> see, like, seeing the ice pack on his leg, yeah, it was it was obvious that he wasn't going to do. And Isaac Hayden, ex Arsenal youth player, uh, he now plays for Newcastle, so Ooh. it was he'd been an okay game, I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been okay for the last last couple of seasons. He he took a while to to get into the Newcastle first team, um, but I think it was the season they were in the championship. He really sort of come to the fore. So I th- I think obviously uh, Rafa sees something in him that Arsene Wenger didn't. <laughs> so half time came. There was no shots on target by either side, and it was nil nil. Oh, that was really exciting. It was hard work to watch that first half. Yeah, it was a boring first half. It was, it was. And to be honest, I could understand if people were, you know, had other stuff to do and st- how you could check out and, and not go. I, I stuck with it and we came into the second half and it, it started with a bit of flurry. Shaka, it was a free kick which was caused by, I believe it was Taria, um, send the ball forward because his instinct seems to be send the ball forward every time. And when he gets it, rather than thinking sideways or backwards pass, uh, which went to Abamyang, Abamyang got fouled, and Shaka took a free kick. Uh, what do people make of the the the, the, um, the Shaka free kick? I think my name in the uh, the little chat box on on here says it all. Another Shaka boom. Um, I I I thought it was a well taken free kick. I was hoping that Torreira, because he was standing over it, I was hoping he took it and and you know his first kick of the game almost. You know. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Jacker can Jacker can do that sort of thing. He doesn't do it enough. Um, but yeah, just well taken free kick, I think. And then it really sort of put our backs up, and and I think we got into the game then. And um, Mike, you, you, I know you're not his biggest fan. Yeah, what tells you that? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great free kick. Oh, it was a good free kick. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It was. It was well placed. Uh, it was a good hit. So yeah, it was. It was a really good goal. But it also comes down to the fact that I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's one in thirty, one in twenty that'll hit the target. So 
Sod's Law, uh, not Sod's Law, by, by the odds, he should have scored at least one. And then 57 minutes in, Ozil gets a goal. So it's it, it's going well for all the critics. Like people are are, are criticising Shaka continuously. Uh, all we needed was a hat-trick by our, our three goals and Bellerin getting one. It would have been perfect. But the Ozil goal, <laughs> yeah. what do you make of the Ozil goal, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Again, it was it was a good goal, but I don't know. After watching it back, after watching it back, did he mishit it? Because the easiest option would have gone to the keeper's right hand side, but he went left. So I don't know if he mishit it. Obviously, if it was a mishit, he's not going to he's not going to own up to anything like that. But again, it went in. So. In fairness, he did but a shifted. That second half, once they brought on Taria at half time, it did seem to change the game. I'm not saying that Taria is, well, I am saying Taria is, that it does make the difference. I think we've touched on it before that when he plays alongside Shaka or Guendouzi or whomever, um, he seems to take the more defensive role, drops back into the centre halves uh, and makes uh, makes up a, a back three. But when he receives the ball, he's looking to pass the ball forward. Um, and he frees up Shaka more to do what Shaka can do, which is take, you know, connect the midfield with the forward lines. Uh, the other thing that was um, interesting about the game was Ozil. He didn't take any of the corners or any of the set pieces. Uh, is that? Do you think that's a, a conscious decision by by, by Emery, Steve? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, th- I think Xhaka takes quite a lot of the uh, the corners um, generally, uh, but uh, the the free kick. I was surprised that Urza wasn't standing over it. It was because it was just Xhaka and Torreira, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's but- more. I think it was a bit too far out for Urza's liking that free kick to be fair it needed someone who can actually put some power behind it get a dip on it yeah yeah and if you were to pick did you have any highlight in the game and but uh, to be honest the highlight in the game for me was probably Toria come on at half time but like key players uh, who who would you say your man of the match was I thought Lacazette had a had a, had a great game he looks really up for it I was just about to say Lacazette myself. I think he was a key player in that. He uh, he made all the right decisions and uh, he made all the right options. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Come on, for, Steve. A, for a small guy, he holds up. He's holding up the ball very well, um, and that's the, obviously Aubameyang's strength is to play on the play on the shoulder and get him behind. But a lot of the time for Leon Lacazette used to do that. He used to play on the shoulder and, and get behind. But with, with Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette is just constantly looking to, you know, before he makes a run, he's looking at what's what's coming or what's what's around. And the last couple of games where he's been playing with Aubameyang, he has been fantastic. So well, what I, about I would have Aubameyang? said Lacazette. Aubameyang gets, um, gets substituted again. Uh, and I don't know, he, he just didn't look very happy, did he? No, I I think I think because he is on that left hand side, he's he's looking to do a different role. He's not looking to play his natural game, um, and he said in the past that he's happy to happy to play out, uh, you know, on the wide hand, uh, on the left hand side, and and cut in. But I think I think yeah, having him out there, he he knows that he's got to for the majority of it stay wide and then and then come in so I think if if Lacazette is pulling the ball back into Ozil or Ramsey who are making those forward runs as well then a lot of the time Aubameyang sort of staying out to to try and get in and I think because of because of him being that that shift and Lacazette playing so well when we're bringing on 
um, bringing on our substitutes, our fresh legs. I think Aubameyang coming off kind of makes sense, you know, because we we get an, another dynamic then on on the on the flanks. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure. I I think his goal scoring hasn't been there, but but then he's been playing mostly on the left, so. And he was un- he was luck- unlucky, Lacazette, not to um, to get a goal because Bellerin put mm. in a nice um, cross towards I think it was about the eighty fourth minute. Um, Bellerin put a cross into Welbeck, and Lacazette was just un- un- unlucky he didn't connect. Um, I don't think Czech had a save to make uh, till I think his first proper save was like somewhere around the eighty seventh minute. Um, and then we conceded. The we conceded the goal. What did you make about conceding the goal? Uh, it's quite disappointing. I, I I could see it coming. Uh, they were pushing hard at us the last sort of five minutes. Um, yeah, but but we all knew we all knew we were going to concede at some point. So I think, but the fact that we got to sort of stoppage time before it happened, uh, we were thinking. Uh, I was thinking. Oh, this is this is going to be our first clean sheet. You know, second away win on the bounce. This is and then bang. But before the game, I would have taken two one or three one. Um, yeah. But conceding that late, um, Mustafi looked like he got shot. And he just pure loss of concentration. Bellerin, as much as I credited him a minute ago for a decent cross to 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 Welbeck and Lacazette, he his his positional awareness defensively is just atrocious i know myself and mike have talked about this and i think some on some other podcasts we've talked about it but if he's that far up the pitch somebody ideally terrera should be dropping back into the uh between the center halves and making it a three at the back so Mm. just a little bit disappointing uh yeah i think that's probably one of the two criticisms i had from the game is and i mentioned it before on the forum and I've mentioned it before in other podcasts as well, is the right-hand side of our, you know I mean, of our style of play. It's Newcastle exploited it the whole time. Well, in all fairness, it's going to get exploited because that, to me, is our weakness, that right-hand side. And at the minute, with Czech as well, you know I mean, he had a, he didn't have a great game with his feet again. In, fa- in fairness, no, sorry, I'm going to talk over you on this one. In fairness, Mustafi, again, put him under serious bloody pressure. You know, yeah. he doesn't uh, oh, like yeah, to yeah, the ball back again. He'll pass the ball out and it doesn't move up the pitch. It doesn't the need problem, to Yeah, the problem him. is the hospital balls, I'll admit that. It's it, it's not it's not ideal uh, for a keeper who's learning something new at such a late stage in his career. Uh, it doesn't help uh, again. You know, it's it's just one of the things. Maybe it's time that we should bring on Leno and give him the opportunity to have a go at it. Well, Leno Leno will probably start um, on Thursday tomorrow. evening, tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah, and he'll probably have a clean sheet, and everyone's going to go, "Oh, look, he's brilliant," and so on. But we'll we'll get into uh, the Europa League game game afterwards. Um, that was uh, Ozil's two hundredth appearance for Arsenal so he's played 200 games in his five years with us is it five years he's been with it four or five years 2013 I th- yeah I think yeah, it so would be five, five years. years yeah five years and uh, with that 2-1 um, that we have had 10 different Arsenal uh, scorers this season and the Magpies um, have lost their th- uh, opening three home fixtures in the top flight for the third time, for the first time since 1987-88 season. What did you make of Ozil's comments about 
um, that they were playing well and they were a good team, and especially for the new coach. Did you find that a bit barbed? And I thought he, I thought he loved um, loved Wenger and everything like that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was so much of a dig at Wenger. I think because of the the sort of the the media sort of really playing up on the Urzel being ill again and being a training ground bust up. I think I thought the comments were a little bit forced. Um, I think it's one of those things where you sort of say it so people go, actually, you know, he's come out and said it now. The, maybe there isn't an issue because um, Emery said during the week, didn't he, um, last week that, you know, there's no issues with any players, and he'd come out before and said there wasn't a bust up. And okay, so I, just trying to just trying to quell those that that I think so. Okay, okay. So we end up we're, we're now uh, seventh in the league, um, just behind Tottenham on goal difference and ahead of Man United on goal difference. Um, we're three goals less than Spurs. Did we all laugh last night? Uh, I um, laughed last night and at the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> very loudly. Uh, that that game, well, uh, that I was so looking forward to that game. The, the bit of a weird time for a Champions League kickoff as well. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, the Champions League and and the Europa League. They've they've now been aligned the games, um, and you got t- two games where you can watch. I think so. You can watch more games. I think is the idea. So five fifty five is the early kickoff, and eight o'clock is the late kickoff, and it will be the same in the Europa League as well. So it's always going to be those times. I think they must work across Europe and for broadcasters, and they give them about twenty minutes in between the games so can put adverts up. And oh no, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it was a bit of a weird, and I, I wasn't expecting it to be honest. No, no, no. I, I, to be honest, I, I was listening to Talk Shite, and they, they had the um, the advert for their commentary, and I thought five fifty five. Oh, oh, okay. So, it, like, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. But it is nice to see that we're on the same points as the media darlings. That is the spuds. Oh no, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we're the ones who's getting all the critics and criticising. They're the ones getting. Oh no, poor them, poor them. The fatigued. Fuck off. <laughs> and Chelsea and Liverpool are still within grasp. Look, listen, uh, I know City are up there as well. Um, uh, you know, there's a long, long, long way to go. It's only only five games. Um, some of the stats from the Newcastle game before we move on. We we had twelve attempts on target against Newcastle's four. Sorry, attempts on goal. Uh, we both had two attempts on goal. We scored with both of ours, and Czech made one save and conceded one. Um, possession wise, we're sixty four percent. Um, and our, our our passing was much more. We we completed more passes, and our accuracy was eighty four percent out of five hundred ninety eight. So, overall, it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't a it wasn't a dreadful performance. Just a shame about not keeping that clean sheet. I think we need to be a bit more clinical in front of goal. You know, I mean, twelve attempts on target, uh, twelve attempts and two on target. It's a bit. We need to we need to be a bit more clinical. Even if we're just testing the keeper, it's you need to keep that pressure. I think. Yeah, I mean, that, I was just about to say that's something I noticed this this season. Like in previous seasons, when you know when we would take a shot on, or we would play, you know, pass around the box, pass in the box, try and get a shot off, we'd we'd rack up a lot of corners. But this season, in the in the games we've had so far, I've noticed that a lot of the time it's the opposition that are getting all the corners, and we're you know we're not getting as many, but. Yeah, Newcastle quite, had ten and we had four. Yeah, which is normally normally with with Arsenal, it's always the other way round. But I just feel like we're being a, a hell of a lot more conservative in front of goal, and I I like the fact that we're not wasting the shots. But 
as as Mike just said, if we're testing, you know, we've got to be testing the keeper. If we've got 12 shots and only two on target, you know, even if the keeper's putting them out and we're racking up corners, you know, it gives us a platform to try and launch something from then. So, Well, hopefully tomorrow night against, is it Volskla? Volskla, yeah. Volskla, the Ukrainian team who were established in 1955. Uh, they went bankrupt uh, and they were reformed in 1982. They joined the Ukrainian League One in 1992 and they won it in 1996. Um, they then were promoted to the Ukrainian Premier League and they finished third last year, which was the highest finish. And that's why they're in the Europa League. Uh, uh, no, that was the year before last that they finished third. They won the Ukrainian Cup, which got them into the Europa League. Right. Um, their team is made of mostly homegrown players, but they've got a couple of Brazilians, which are Artur and Kareka, who are on loan from uh, Grêmio. Um, they're, they're fifth in the league at the moment in Ukraine. They've won four and lost four. Uh, they've conceded 10 goals and I think scored seven. So they are a little bit leaky. Changes in the lineup. I expect that the lineup is going to be. Steve, you you shared a, a, a lineup expectation. Yes. So come on, you, you take this one on the forum. I th- I, w- I mean, for me, I'd I'd as much as I think Martinez should be. I mean, I hope Martinez starts against Brentford, but uh, as much as I think he should be the cup keeper, uh, I think Leno has to start. Leno has to get some game time. Um, the centre backs, I'd I'd bring in the young boys. I'd bring in Holden and Mavropanos. Um, let Mustafi and Socrates have, you know, have a have a couple of days off. Uh, Monreal and Lichtsteiner, we've got no one else really at left back, so you keep Monreal in there. I'd bring Lichtsteiner in at right back. Terreira, for me, has to start. Bring in Elneny, sort of play that Xhaka role in a sense. Um, I'd put Smith-Rowe at 10. I really want to see Smith-Rowe get a game. Uh, Mkhitaryan on the right-hand side, Awobi on the left and Nekatira up top. I think that would be about, a... about three or four. I wouldn't agree with you on there, and I'll I'll share mine, and then Mike, you see where you're in between. Um, I wouldn't play Mavropanos. I would probably play. Well, I'd either play holding or Mavropanos, and I would play fair. Um, probably Socrates. I'd like to see Socrates holding or Socrates. Probably Socrates Mavropanos, both being Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have El Neni. Um, I know everyone's talking about Torreira starting, but I wouldn't start him. Although if you do start him, you can hook him off at halftime, but I don't want that. I would probably have Elneny and Guendouzi um, and then have Torreira start on Sunday. Uh, I agree with you with Smith Rowe, 100%. I agree with you with out wide and up, up top. I think it's got to be Welbeck. Got to be or uh, going to be? Good question. Um, I think I think Emery is going to take this a little bit more. I know it's only a group stage and it's early on. I think he's going to take this quite serious because it is his competition, for the yeah. want of a better phrase. Uh, and I think he will. I think he'll want to be quite aggressive, um, but have a mix of youth. I think he'll try and do it a little bit different than Wenger in that sense. So have a slightly stronger side, and hence putting. Welbs up front with Eddie coming on maybe later in the game. Yeah. Mike? Uh, yeah, I agree with most of that, what you've just said there. Um, I definitely agree with starting Leno. Uh, he's got to start at some point. 
And I agree with having either Socrates or Mustafi, preferably myself, yeah, Socrates, centre-back, with either Holding or Mavropanos. It'd be nice to see the two Spartans start. Uh, Again, left and right back, there's no one to cover, so it's got to be Monreal and, yes, Lichsteiner. The only one I sort of disagree with is probably your holding midfielders. I think El Nene... Yeah, I agree with that one. But I've got to give him some game time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with that one. So yeah, definitely him. I I agree with resting Torreya. I think he needs that rest, especially if, you know what I mean. And then play play him on Sunday. Give him give him that rest. Let him have that. You know, just rest up that knee if it's still you know what I mean if it's still sore or something. Um, but I'd have Willock starting rather than Gwendozi. I think he could do with a rest. He looks okay. so fatigued. <laughs> I think he looks That's so it. fatigued against Newcastle. That's a that's that's a fair comment actually. I know, I know on your bench, Steve, you you had Willock on your bench, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd th- give him I think a Willock, chance. Willock needs some minutes, definitely. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good good player. I I wouldn't I wouldn't start him, but obviously we we've all had a different opinion on that second holding midfielder, which is yeah. what makes this podcast great. So, <laughs> well, I've had opinions, Steve. Yeah, well, exactly. This is what I mean, and you've got to have that. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got to have experience. Oh, then he has got experience. Uh, so yeah. You know, I mean, I'd start him, I and mean, I would start. I'd, I'd rather see Willock start over Gwendozi. I think Gwendozi needs a rest. I'd probably have him on the bench or something. However, who would you have at ten? Would you? Would you? Want I'd to go have with Smith Rowe. Would you want to have Willock and Smith Rowe in the midfield at the same time? Or well, yeah, because if if, if Willock starting, if he's playing the four two three one, then yeah, Willock could be starting next to Elneny, and then Smith Rowe would be starting at the number ten role. Hmm. Um, I'd definitely have Smith Rowe up there. I think he deserves it more than anyone. Yeah, uh, as well as. I agree with Nketiah. Uh, he deserves a start, but I just don't think he will. I, I agree with Fergus. I think that's going to be a Welbeck start, and then Iwobi and Mkhitaryan. Hmm. Would be interested to see Welbeck play on the left with Nketiah up top, because Nketiah is a goal threat. Welbeck is a hard worker. So I think the two, in, in some respect, they are quite similar sort of players. I don't think Nketiah would lose it under his feet as much as Welbeck. Uh, <laughs> Mm. But uh, I, I can see Inketia coming on later on, maybe you know, I mean, in the between the sixty and seventy a minute. Mm. I wonder yeah. whether we'll see the under twenty three captain Pleguazelo right back. That would be good. I maybe, but uh, was it is it Aussie Tutu was starting during the preseason? He was preferred over him. Yes. Yeah. So you're right. you never know. I, I can't see Lichtsteiner not playing though. To be honest, so. Listeiner again. You have to remember these people are are signed on half decent contracts and paid decent money. They'll want minutes. I know Listeiner is in, in maybe the, the, the not the twilight, but he's definitely on on the wane of his career. But he signed for Arsenal. He's in the Premier League. He'll want to play at some level. Um, he want to demonstrate, uh, and I think he has to be played so we can demonstrate to to Bellerin that you know your position is not is not guaranteed and safe. It, it, Oh, yeah, he's, definitely. He's first on the team sheet for that position because of his pace and everything else, but I think Listiner is Sorry, I'm going to Is Maitland-Niles still with us, or has he gone out on loan? He's injured, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he's injured, yeah, he, broke, yes. he broke his. He broke That's a, right. a slight fracture of his leg. He's out till a, about November. So, so I get him and Nel- uh, Reese Nelson mixed up all the time. <sighs> Let's not go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to take a quick break, and after the break, we'll do a score prediction on this game and the Everton game coming up and we will do the Guna debate and the Arsenal ladies. (laughs) 
Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. He is a fox in the box, a tapping merchant. An Arsenal podcast. And he did it brilliantly. He did the job that he was meant to do. By Arsenal fans. I don't like the idea of selling to a rival. For Arsenal fans. How can you wish for Arsenal to lose? This is your Arsenal podcast. He will score the ugly goals. He's class. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Harry Kane got so good now, he's ready to go to a big club. I've just seen the headline. Wow. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. So welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, we're now going to go on and discuss our game on Sunday, which is the Everton game, and then we'll do our Prediction League and our Gunners debate. So Sunday, we take on Everton at four o'clock at the Emirates Stadium. Everton, who got absolutely smashed by a very poor West Ham last week, uh, Everton, who were without nine players last week of the first team players. I'm not sure how many of those will be available for the game against Arsenal, but I, I would expect at least half of them should be back. Um, a much stronger lineup than we'll have on Thursday night. Hopefully, uh, in my view, Torea to start that game. Um, I'd still like to keep Leno, uh, sorry, um, Czech in goal over Leno. Uh, and I'd probably, I'd probably keep Ramsey on the bench and 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 play Ozil in the number ten, and maybe Awobi because he's back from illness out on that wing. Thoughts, guys? Mike, you go first. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can agree with some of that. I'd like to see Leno in goal. Um, again, I think it's definitely going to be a check uh, in goal for us again. Uh, the only reason why I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him and see how he does against the Prem teams. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the only difference on that, uh, and only difference in sort of players to uh, to start. Would you drop Ramsey as well? Uh, no, I don't, that's not going to happen. I think it's going to be Ramsey and Ozil start again. I can't I can't see it not uh, just because I think it will be a Mkhitaryan are going to play on. The, uh, tomorrow, Thursday night. But Iwobi hasn't played for a few weeks because he had an illness, so he should be back up to scratch and be able to play two games in a, in a few days. Maybe, maybe, but I just can't see it. Uh, um, he's not going to replace Ozil or Aubameyang, so I just can't see it. Steve? Um, yeah, I think I think keep Aubameyang on the left. I, I, I wouldn't drop Ramsey in terms of form, but I think considering... Walcott's probably going to start and how piss poor Bellerin's positioning has been. I know he's going to be up against, he's probably going to be up against Monreal, but even still, if, if he switches the flank and he's coming down the right-hand side, our right-hand side, then, you know, that could cause us real problems. So um, Mkhitaryan or, or Iwobi would support better than Ozil. Yeah, I, I would I would say either play, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd want to say, I want to see Ozil in the 10 role. Because uh, I think the the second half of the second half, he was sort of mainly floating in and around the middle against Newcastle. Um, I'd 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 keep Aubameyang on the left, and I I would yeah I think Awobi or you know even Welbeck on the right hand side just to give us a bit more presence, sort of help him back, track him back, and also sort of a bit more physicality out there. And main threats from the Everton side, Steve. Uh, I think Walcott will be one. Um, so I none then, really. <laughs> I think uh, Sanctosin's been uh, been okay at times for Everton, but I don't think they they have the same sort of threat as 
as what they did, you know, in recent years. You know, where obviously they've got not got Lukaku now. Um, Sigurdsson's still a decent player, but no, I can't. Like, he has been off the mark this season, hasn't he, Sigurdsson? Mm, so yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. I think that they, you know, I think they're going to score, but which leads us perfectly into our prediction league. Um, the prediction league so far is what we do is we uh, myself. Uh, the two absent parties in Mike and in Mike Boston and Manny and a guest will predict uh, our scores in all games that Arsenal, the first team, play in. So in the Premier League, the Europa League and the Carling Cup and the FA Cup. Uh, so far, um, I've got the right result uh, on four occasions. So I'm on four points. I predicted 2-3. Um, against Newcastle. Um, Mike in Boston has got one correct result and two, um, one exact result and two correct, correct um, results. So he's on five points. Manny, the bastard, he's on seven points because he's got, he got uh, two one for Newcastle and the guests are on three points. So we're looking ahead to the Newcastle game. Can we have your score predictions for the Newcastle game? Uh, for the um, Everton, Everton game, first of all, please. Steve, on behalf of the guests? Uh, I think 2-1. 2-1 to the home side. Yeah. Um, Manny sent me a message through saying that it would be 3-0. Um, uh, sorry, 3-1. And Mike, on behalf of Mike, I believe you've discussed what you Mike's all like to discuss. I have. About. I have been in touch with Boston Hazel. And uh, uh, we both have said 3-1. OK. Well, I'm going to be a little bit different. I think we're going to keep our first Premier League clean sheet. And I'm going to go 1-0 to the Arsenal. So, there we go. So, I'm on 1-0. Uh, Mike in Boston is on 3-1, as is Manny. And our guests are... Um, predicting uh, 2-1 and if we look at the Europa League I will predict 4-0 to the Arsenal um, on there as does um, Mike in Boston messaged me earlier about it Manny said 3-0 and Mike in Scunthorpe you can predict on behalf of the guests I'm going to say 3-0 as well 3-0 you would have gone (laughs) you would have gone the same right okay Fine. So uh, another great result in the football was for the Arsenal ladies. Um, the Arsenal ladies went and they, they scored uh, six goals by half time. They played Lewis ladies um, and they end up winning 9-0. Lewis ladies are the first team that have parity pay between men and women. Obviously, they're further down the leagues and you couldn't imagine Chelsea or City or anything like that at this stage getting there. But... Uh, all, by all accounts, it was um, a really, really good, really good game. Really good result. Obviously, a good result. Again, as we said before, um, we uh, dot, uh, dip our hats to the ladies. But knowledge-wise, unless you know a bit more, Steve or Mike, my knowledge is very limited. Yeah, I'm very limited in the knowledge as well. But that nine-nil, that's a thrashing, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is mad. I think they're playing Yeovil this evening, I think. Yeah, they're playing Yeovil in about five or six minutes, and then they've got West Ham at home on the 23rd. So, yeah, they've got a couple right. of games coming up. 
Um, looking around the leagues, Reese Nelson, he scored on his debut for Hoffenheim. Yeah, well-taken goal. Uh, yeah, did, did you... Did you what? I don't think they won. Did they win? Uh, no, I think they lost 2-1. But his his goal, what, what did he do? He come up from the wing and, and done what um, we've been dying for people to do for Arsenal. Yeah, I think what happened was was either their keeper or one of the defenders went to get the ball out and it just fell to him. He sort of juggled around a couple of players and then slotted it in from, from the flank. And it yeah, really good goal. And did you, and, and if you watch, I know we touched on it earlier, um, Spurs playing Liverpool. Um, I, it was a game I was looking forward to and it was, it was really, really, really disappointing. I, I, Liverpool were good. Uh, Spurs were not very good. And Vorm, Jesus Christ. There was a headline in uh, in one of the papers, Vorm is temporary, Lloris oh. is permanent, or class is permanent or something like that. So I thought it was quite clever. <laughs> Very, oh very God, Larice isn't that good. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's good at drinking, <laughs> apparently, but not driving. <laughs> yeah, just about to say, but not driving. Yeah, he bottled it. <laughs> he threw uh, up, mate. I know that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we we touched on that last week. He had, there was vomit in the in the passenger well of the of the car when he threw up when he was driving the car. Uh, looking at Man United, uh, we talked about them on the platform. Did you see them on the pitch at Watford? Had, did somebody put a red sock? In the um, in in the wash machine at Man United, that away kit. <laughs> oh dear, I know it's bad in it that away kit. <sighs> They've it's had some even, shit kits. It's not even like salmon pink or anything. It's just like a no. Really, that's our kit. Yeah, it's just really just. Bleh. It's just washed out. <laughs> so, it has. Yeah. yeah, it does look like it's faded. It's just yeah. It's like me doing the whitewash and just like. <laughs> So over the weekend, anybody looking forward to any particular games? The game that stands out for me, obviously, I'm going to the late kickoff on uh, on Saturday on Sunday. I'm going to the Arsenal uh, Everton game, but the early kickoff, I, I West Ham versus Chelsea. That's a oh, bit interesting. I was going to say um, Fulham Watford on on Ooh, Saturday yeah. looks good. Well, you 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 you've got family who are Watford fans. Well, I was I would, that way. I was born in Watford. Uh, so only my brother and sister that are like any Watford connection, and yeah, I've got my granddad that lives up there. But um, yeah, I I just I'm I'm looking for because Fulham, Fulham obviously being sort of a London, London, it's going to be a little London derby, really, a uh, little minute one. But um, yeah, and as you say, West Ham Chelsea on the Sunday will be good. Mike, any games are you going to the other ones that you stand out? Or are you you busy washing uh, your hair or shit like that? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said, the Fulham Watford one might be a good one. I might give that a watch. Uh, West Ham Chelsea. I might take a pass on that one. I'll wait for the highlights. I think. Uh, you... Other than that, I'm, there's not really. Oh, I'd like to see Brighton turn over Tottenham. That'd be quite nice. Well, that would be or, funny. Or, or Cardiff that would be funny. Uh, it's, it, they're they're all on Talksport talking about. Oh, it's a biggest game of the season so far for us and all this sort of but it's a it's a huge huge game uh Pochettino's well, chucked his toys out of the pram about criticizing his players and so on that's just no oh, for god's sake sure one interesting <laughs> thing was um our game against newcastle it was obviously 
they don't show three o'clock kickoffs here um, on Sky Sports or BT uh, in the UK, but you can see them on the American channels on TSA and on Fox, on uh, N- NSBC, BN, you name them. There's a load of different channels that have gone on there. But Sky Sports actually transmitted their full commentary game um, for the Newcastle game, but they only broadcast it in Ireland. So, you know, it was the, the, the full Sky, Sky Sports production. And I know, like, if you go into, say, a, a pub in Spain or somewhere like that where they've got a Sky dish with a Sky box and maybe you've got an Irish card, uh, they were actually able to see the full Sky Sports thing. So that, that, was, that was... It needs to change. I think we discussed it before. Uh, it needs to change now. I think people are not going to stop going to the, the games just because it's on TV. No, there's no. nothing I, like a, an atmosphere at a, a football ground, is there? No, I, you know what? It's not even the atmosphere at the football ground. A lot of it, there's people who go to football to watch football and they're really intense about it. They want to watch it and they're obsessed with the team and they want to watch the tactics and uh, and so on and so forth. There's people who go there because they like the atmosphere. But you know what? Especially over the last few years with Arsenal not challenging for titles and, and not... Uh, in the Champions League, and you know, it just we we feel like we've dropped down a level. And uh, I'm sure I wasn't here in the eighties when it, when it was like this, but I'm I'm sure it's harder for for people to to go to games, and you, you get more. I wouldn't say hardcore fans because now it's a very much a tourist thing as well. But it's the social aspect of it. Of like, you know, on Sunday I'm getting the train down to London because uh, I'm not getting. I'm away for the Watford game, and um, I'm not getting to another weekend kickoff until the Liverpool game. So I said to the wife, I said, "Look, I'm going to get the train down. I'm going to have a few beers, meet up with the lads, and it is a whole social event. Expensive, but social." Uh, and I think oh, exactly. that, 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 that's why people won't stop going because you want to go and have a beer or a chat or some food with your mates well that's it isn't it it's, it, it's a get together isn't it and then you go watch the football so well, you, you know, that's not going to change just because it's on TV no exactly exactly. Um, what is changing though is um, Ivan Ivan's gone yeah. yeah strange one that one well he's left the club He's not been replaced. Uh, Ra- this is going to be fun. Raul Sanelli, which we know, is uh, going to become Arsenal's new head of football. He's obviously former Barcelona director of football. Um, and he was he's viewed as a major coup uh, when Arsenal got him. He's 49 years of age and he played a key role at Barcelona when he was there. He uh, his, One of his key signings was Neymar. Um, and his partnership with uh, Mislintat has already seen, like you know, things move quicker. We had quite a lot, lot more movement with with Gazidis, with Mislintat, and with uh, Raúl, um, getting deals done quicker than under the regime of Arsene Wenger. Um, and Vine Venkatesham, I'm quite impressed with that. Um, that was good. Yeah. Vinay Van Keitchum. Um He's to assume the role of managing director. He started with the club uh, as a commercial manager back in 2012. Um, f- he'd done a similar role with the London uh, the London Olympic team. And he's worked his way up the cr- uh, career ladder at Arsenal uh, from head of global partnerships. He was the one who signed the deal, I think, originally with Puma and Citroen and a few of the others. 
and he moved into the role of um, commercial uh, chief commercial officer, which he bra- began in 2014 in August. He's um, expanded the range of sponsors we've got. He's been credited in the role about bringing Adidas back, um, which whoo, we all like. Um, what's your thoughts on one Gazidis going, two him not being replaced, and do you think we're doing the right thing by having these two guys in? Mike, I know we had a text conversation this morning, and uh, I said, well, let's save it for here. Now, off you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. What I said, what I was saying to Fergus was, is, is I, like I said, it's it is strange to me. Um, it there's something about it doesn't sit right, and for me, I just don't understand why he's wasted what nine, ten years at the club, being under or next to Arsene Wenger for so long, trying to get rid of him, and he finally gets his chance, and in his first year, he is gone. It just it just doesn't sit right with me that one. Um, and I, I think I responded to you saying um, it's about money first of all because he's only getting I think uh, he gets a million pound bonus because it's about two and a half million pound a year a million million pound a year, I think it's two and a half million pound a year package with Arsenal um, if he ticks all the right boxes and I think it's something like five and a half million at, at um, the Italian club. Um, but with the buyout of Cronky uh, buying out Usmanov, um, he, the board will change. Obviously, yeah. Josh, if Cronky Kron- buys it, then it's going to be he'll, he'll push for full ownership, won't he? Yeah, and I did hear. I think it was on. I think it was on Arscast or or what. I, I did hear it on um, a Reddit somewhere that Cronky's contract, or not Cronky's contract, um, Gazidis' contract had a, uh, a severance clause that if he wanted to leave the club, he had to give him 12 months' notice, unless under extreme circumstances, i.e. change of structure, management structure and ownership. Uh, and all that's happened. And obviously, he was... I can't remember what Gazidis... But Gazidis was something to do with... Uh, he was uh, DC United or something like that. He, he was something to do with... Uh, he an was MLS. an American club, yeah. Yeah, and I think he had something to do with Disney or something like that along the way. So he, he's done these sort of roles over the years. Mm. And one of the American investors that, um, who's taken over... Which of the... What's the Italian side he's gone to? AC, AC Milan. AC, AC yeah. Milan. He, 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 who's gone to AC. Um, they've obviously known his work and known of him, and they've taken him over there. Apparently, he's a right bastard to to, to work for. But that that's my thoughts, I think. That mm. Yeah, m- maybe it is. Maybe I'm looking too far into it, or maybe I'm looking too much into it. But we've, we have been saying for a while, if Kroenke does take full ownership of Arsenal, be prepared, because I think his son will eventually come across yeah and I, th- I think sorry steve i think the only reason we said that is because we heard the murmurings about ac milan anyway sorry go on steve yeah i was gonna say i think what what may have happened i think considering um I, i'm not i'm not sure how much the gazid is really pushed to get rid of arson uh personally but i think the fact that there is now so much pressure now Arsene Wenger is gone because Arsene Wenger took a lot of flack from you know and covered up a lot of you know the shit that Kroenke should have been getting directly, which obviously in the latter years was happening, and Gazidis as well. Um, I would just wonder how much of the, you know, because Gazidis is the link between Kroenke and, you know, and and the first team, really. Um, 
I just wonder how much of it is, you know, if things don't click this season or, you know, next season and how much money there really is, how much shit Gazidis is going to get. And maybe he thought, well, actually, I could get more money over there. There's less pressure on me. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's time to go. And, and I think maybe Stan has said that, you know, Josh Kroenke is going to come down and, and you know, do the same sort of role. And I think he's just getting ready rather than get pushed out of the club or get moved to a different role. He's going, well, actually, I'm going to go now then. Yeah, I think, like possibly. I say, I, that's what I mean, where I think it stinks a bit. I think I reckon he's probably, yeah, you're probably right in what you're saying. He's probably thought, do you know what? I don't want this anymore and done one, which is mm-hmm. a fair point. But again, if he's been told already uh, by Cronkay, look, when I get full ownership, possibly his son is going to take up that mm. position. We don't. Again, that's just speculation at the moment. I was I was quite surprised because looking at the um the club statement, I'm pretty sure the only people that actually uh made a comment were Chips and Josh Cronkey. I don't think Stan said anything in that club statement. I think it was literally just Yeah, Josh, I, know, um, I know Josh has actually said, Dante has come out already saying he's not having nothing to do with the club. He's sticking with his role at, uh, is it KSE in America? Oh, really? Well, K- K- KSE, KSE is, owns, also owns Colorado. Colorado yeah, it's, it's the Cronkite, you know, it's the Cronkite yeah. company. So, right. yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, he, I'm, I think he's the CEO for that, isn't he? Uh, he, I, uh, well, the CEO overall, I think he's Stan uh, and um, Josh. Jo- Josh is like the chair. No, I think Stan's the chairman and Josh yeah. is the CEO. The deputy, yeah, Josh is the deputy chairman. I'm just having a look at the article now. But yeah, Josh Cronkey came out and said, you know, it's been a pleasure working with Ivan, blah, blah, blah. And then Ch- uh, Ch- Chips come out and said what he had to say. Um so yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if Josh sort of didn't have yeah, anything to do. I think it just surprises me that there's not going to be another CEO at Arsenal. I think that's mm. the one that's that's the one that's pushed me thinking there's something strange going on, or well, we, there's we'll something beneath there's fo- something beneath the lines. We'll have a director of football basically in in Raoul, won't we? Oh yeah. yeah, but wherever you go and whatever club you look at, if you look at City, I think they've got a CEO and a director of football. Yeah, yeah. And I think they've got the same at Manchester United as well. I think the thing that, American owners. I think the thing that probably you're thinking, as I thought when I first heard the news a few months back, that you know it was rumored was like you know you, you spent this much time, you spent ten years at the club, um, yeah, you worked well with Wenger early. Well, did he ever work well with Wenger early on? But he, he, they worked on the stadium development and 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 brought us into the new stadium and onto the next so-called next level. But you know, revenue-wise between TV revenue and other bits and pieces, he's done all right, I suppose. But the fact is... He hasn't done a bad two, job. I'm not going to say he's done a, work, yeah, a terrible job, but with the tools that he was given, I don't think he's done a bad job. Yeah, hmm. but, but over the last two or three years, you could see that he was... You know, he, he wanted something to change with like Wenger. I don't think him and Josh were very happy with Wenger signing after the Chelsea victory. And, and he then got his wish a year early... Um, you know the catalyst for change and all this sort of stuff, and then he's got the he's got the keys to the palace, and he fucks off. That, yeah. and I think that that that's the bit that everyone gets a little bit confused about. Mm. Well, it was I, his I words, wasn't it? The catalyst for change. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think it's because he know, he he knows that he's not going to get this. You know, Cronky's not going to put the money 
into the club and I think I that's think what a people's lot of, fears are yeah a lot of flack is would come down on Gazidis being the guy that come out and said you know this is you know we're entering a new era it's a catalyst for change and then if nothing does actually change and Emery doesn't get the results on the pitch it's going to go straight to, straight to Ivan so I think the worst bit as well it was Ivan's choice and you and I Emery as well exactly and I think if things don't click then he's going to get a lot more flack than Emery will get have some faith, guys. Em- oh Emory. no, no, absolutely. Emory. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got, <laughs> yeah. as I've got pure belief for Emery. I think he's going to do amazing work for us, and we're seeing that now. He is doing wonders, especially with the team. And we've mentioned it before, and I've mentioned it on some. You know, I mean, I've mentioned it on other things as well about him working wonders with the first team, with the new training and everything else. And yeah. I think it's great. So. I just love how how hard they seem to be working. And as well, whoever's come in and said, look, you know, sort out what you're putting on social media has done a good job. Because it's, con- you know, there's there's it constantly looks as if they are working their bollocks off. You know, rather than putting up posts of like chilling in London or, you know, chilling on the evening, watching a film or whatever. It's it's always on the on the training grounds on most of their socials now. Which, 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 which is good, but again, mm. you know, you, you can portray whatever you like nowadays on, on social media, you know, across, yeah. you know, h- how many times do you come along and look on Facebook and somebody looks like they're having a fantastic life, but then you come along and see the split up of the missus and they lost the cat, the dog, <laughs> yeah. the kids and everything else, you know. Oh, babe, uh, yeah, the missus took what's happening. <laughs> the missus took the lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's, she spat in my face and went off. <laughs> on that yeah. subject, how long of a ban is enough for spitting in another's player uh, another player's mouth never mind face that was um Douglas Costa wasn't it correct uh i i th- i think it's absolutely disgusting um but i i don't know i would i would say at least a few months you know 2 3 months you think if 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 a player hits another player directly hits them then it's always a lengthy ban so but I, I just have a feeling that being, you know, being at Juventus, being a, you know, one of the UEFA's, you know, UEFA's babies, I don't know. I don't know if he'll get too much. I just listen. There was I was on another Facebook group. I can't remember which one it was, and they were talking about. You know, I said it's disgusting. I said, look. I don't know, banned till the end of the season, just because he, he deliberately, he, he was violent towards the guy, he elbowed and kicked and so on, mm. and then... He spat. headbutted him as well, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Violence towards him, him and, and then spat in his mouth. Like, you know, that is absolutely disgusting. Like, I can understand athletes, because uh, I haven't this year, but I, I, I do do a bit of very poor, but I do run, and when you're out there, you do get all your sinuses and stuff like that and you do spit on the ground it's it's, it's not nice but you do because um, otherwise you'll get all bunged up but like to actually spit an individual that, that that's pretty pretty horrible uh, I, I, I somebody come along and, and a kindred said well what if he racially abused him and my reply to that was well you know if he racially abused him that's totally unacceptable but it, equally so spitting in somebody's yeah that's is it equally so uh, you you know you headbutt him you hit them but spitting that's just yeah it is it's just absolutely disgusting whether they're racially abused or not I don't think anything really condones that if he's been racially abused then there's ways of dealing with that without exactly doing what he did uh, personally for spitting and doing whatever you know I mean headbutting and kicking and everything else personally my he should have ten games out 
Same game ban. Three, four weeks wages taken off him. You shouldn't do think stuff about, like that. Just think about Cantona. Well, there is that. And look at Zidane at the World Cup. And uh, yeah. Paolo Di Canio doing the old... Was it Paolo that did the, the, the drop kick? No, that was Cantona, wasn't it? Cantona. Cantona was the drop kick, yeah. Yeah, Paolo I Di Canio think... pushed the ref over. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. these these, these footballers. These well, footballers. you got yeah, you got to look at that as well. Look at Vinnie Jones and Razor Ruddock, the amount of stuff they did. Yeah, diff- <laughs> diff- different era, era yeah. But I know it's a different era, but it, it's I, just a, I, say, I only, similar I, things now. I only said it in that way because I think I mentioned it before. But um, uh, I went to uh, Arsenal in the League Cup last year. I think it was, or it might have been Europa League last year. And I booked my own seat um, and I never sit in my seat, as you know. Um, and uh, I took my brothers with me and everyone was sitting down in the corner of the North Bank. And I started on the seventh minute. I'd gone, oh, Rocky, 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 Rowcastle. And some person a few rows further down turned around and said, oh, leave it out, mate. Defira, mate. And now my brothers keep on saying to me when anything comes up like that uh, from the old days, different era, mate. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. Uh, Injury news. uh, We got a Wobie back from illness. Uh, Coz is still out with his issue, as is Maitland-Niles. And Kolasniak, I don't see any of them are anywhere closer to coming back. I know Coz is back in training, but none of them are ready to go back onto, like, main team, um, like, duties and, and, and join the main squad at this stage unless any of you have heard any differently uh, no I've, I've seen um, Koscielny's sort of running and he's doing work on the ball um, but no not heard anything I'm surprised no. that we haven't heard anything much on Kolasinac or Maitland-Niles especially Maitland-Niles so is going to be out till nearly Christmas I think cause he, he'll probably yeah. would be next year when he comes back yeah it will be and he'll but, have to yeah, the only one I've heard of is Koscielny uh, just with his training and what you're seeing on the Arsenal media and that's that's about it mm. from me well guys it's been another good one really enjoyed it um, I do ask people if you want to contact us you can contact us on Facebook we're on Guns and Yellow Ribbons on Facebook we are on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons you can email us on info at gunsandyellowribbons.com. We would love if you gave us a rate and review on iTunes or even SoundCloud. Our second cloud, as I've written down here, SoundCloud. Um, but Mike, Steve, it's been great. Thank yeah, you. Been good. Cheers. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.